What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. You know, you would have thought this far along into our journey with COVID that we'd We'd like understand the basics of what to do to stop this thing. Apparently we don't. Apparently we don't understand any of those anymore. We've just completely thrown those out the window and uh, people are just, you know, ignoring guidelines. They're ignoring the recommendations. They're not getting the vaccine. They're, they're not doing any of the things that they need to do at the right time. Talk about that more and uh, take me off the ledge of depression here about it. Go to the phone line, bring in Dr. Panagi Skalisetos from uh, Johns Hopkins University. Dr. Galisetos, how are you today, sir? I, I'm, I'm good, John. Good to hear your voice and uh, good to be back on the show. It's great to have you back on and uh, good to hear your voice as well. Let's, um, let's start first by talking about this Delta variant. Uh, this is something that, you know, a couple weeks ago, I know when we talked, we talked about the seriousness of it. We said that it's something that could end up, you know, affecting our caseload moving forward, and uh, I think we're starting to see the effects of that, aren't we, Dr. Galisatos? Yeah, so um, so taking a step back, um, like I like to do, uh, remember, variances are just uh, slight mutations in the virus that do uh, one of three things. When we talk about a variance of concern, because that's the, that's the category it's in, it means it mutated in a way that's easier to spread, it mutated in a way that is much more lethal, or mutated in a way that makes our weapons against it, like the vaccine, less effective. The Delta definitely has accomplished the former, right? It definitely is easier to spread. We think it probably is more severe, but it's always hard to compare apples to apples to some extent. And to some extent, it has weakened the vaccine. The vaccine is still effective. I want to make that very clear to your listeners. If it's a binary question, yes or no, yes, it's still effective. Is it 95% effective like against alpha? Now it's weakened a little bit, but still we'll get the job done if we get the vaccines. So the Delta has become the variant of concern that we're at at the moment. And um, if you want your listeners to stop learning the Greek alphabet, let's vaccinate. Let's end this pandemic now. Um, that way we can just make sure we, we, we know the first four Greek letters and that's all. This Delta variant, does it weaken any of those things? Does it hurt any of those things in our fight against COVID? Or, or is the vaccine still very strong and and will the vaccine continue to be strong, or is there a worry that this could mutate to a point where we have to reevaluate even the vaccine? So our, our vaccine scientists are actively still investigating to make sure, hey, can we create a more effective vaccine? The vaccines we have right now are effective. I want to make that very clear. They are effective. They'll get the job done. The concerns that we all have is right now you're starting to see the variances get a little bit more. This is Mother Nature. If you give Mother Nature time, she'll outsmart us, right? You know, and, and that's why we have to, you know, we're human beings. We found a way to end this. We have the antidote to end the pandemic. If we take it now, we're done. If we allow Mother Nature to linger around, she'll make a variance that undoes the vaccine. And now we're back to square one again. So the vaccine that we have right now is great. It's effective. Knowing that what we're seeing the Delta, of course, now we're holding our breath because, you know, this is now a few mutations away from potentially undoing the vaccines, or this is my biggest nightmare. It's one or two mutations away from doing harm to the one 
unvaccinated group that can't get the vaccine, the kids. Right? Could you imagine if we sit back as adults realizing we're causing the demise of children now at higher rates because we allow this virus to linger around and mutate to something more lethal towards children? If we do that, I'm not sure how an adult uh, in the U.S. can look ourselves in the mirror. The Olympics that are going on right now, Dr. Gali Satos, this is something that a lot of people have been asking me about. They've been saying, should we even have them? What are your thoughts on that? Do you think we should be having those right now, or are those a potential danger to where we're at in, in, our, in our world right now? I think, I think there is a way to pull things off to allow us to have an entertainment respite, right, to feel human again but do it in a public health conscious manner. I always like to reflect to the NBA last year, that bubble. That was great. How many COVID cases do we hear coming out of that? Almost none. That was amazingly well done. They executed that and allowed us to feel a little bit of normalcy during the pandemic. So when I get asked, you know, it's a great question. Should we have the Olympics? Part of me feels like we could do it, but it's got to be done well. And I, I I just don't think it was pulled off like that. I don't think it was pulled off in a manner that it was done well. And you're seeing that. You're seeing COVID cases occur. So let me, I'll answer it this way. If the Olympics could have been done in a manner that was analogous to the NBA bubble, I would have given two, green, you know, two thumbs up. The way it's being done now, seeing how Japan's spiking in cases, I, I, I wouldn't have pulled off the Olympics in the manner that they're doing, in the, in the fashion that they're doing with their public health control um, uh, rules and regulations. Yeah, because, I mean, it just seems like that's that's kind of a danger to us right now. Yeah. You know, I, I think about I think about other countries mingling with each other right now and the fact that, that people are going to come back and, and just there's there's a lot that has me on edge about that, you know? And, and I will say, like, you know, when people give this argument, like, I'm healthy, I'll survive COVID. I'm like, I know you're the reason why someone who's unhealthy or, you know, is older and so forth dies from COVID, right? They usually inherit this virus from someone who survived it. Right. So that's my fear. These are amazing athletes. They'll probably laugh off COVID if they get it and if they're unvaccinated, but they will give it to someone who can't handle it. Right. Either because of age or some underlying health conditions. And that rattle them. I always tell this to people. Every person who dies of COVID got it from someone who survived it, who laughed it off and said, see, haha, I'm healthy. This is what we mean by a pandemic. We're all involved in this together. So you thinking about just yourself saying I'm healthy enough, I'll survive it undermines what the virus is intended to do. It's going to find a host who's it's going to devastate. And then could you imagine if we were able in some way, shape, or fashion get back to that person who survived and be like, you caused the death of that person. I mean, how much guilt would fall upon you? So that's what I would say to also your listeners. Like, you've got to understand, regardless of your health status, it's not so much just about you. You may be doing harm to others by allowing this virus to get into you and, and leave yeah, and I, and I and I think that really goes unnoticed uh, because, again, we, we can't see it. And people only really are able to analyze sometimes things that they can see. Dr. Panagi Scully-Sethos is my guest this morning, by the way, from Johns Hopkins University. It's interesting. I've, I've, I've asked people that very thought of how is this any different from fighting a war? Because, you know, we're, we're basically fighting a war with our own health. And I think the biggest thing is that people can see a war. You know, Dr. Gali Satos, and they can't, people can't see this, you know? 100%. I mean, that's that's what makes this even more frustrating, right? If you can't visualize the virus, right, this isn't like, you know, a war or a Thanos coming down from the Marvel Universe, (laughs) 
But what you can visualize is the hospitals, you know, the overwhelmingness in there. You know, last year at this time, and you had me on this show, I would I had hold back stories of me being like the last human being some patients touched as I held their hand as they passed on. That was it, right? And we do that as doctors and nurses, but I did that countless times last year. I mean, it breaks you, right? So you can't see this enemy. I get it. But you all can definitely see the consequences of it. Mm. See, and, and, and I think that's the stuff that has to be told, though, Dr. Galisatos, is, is those stories. You know, the stories of the, of the you know, parent who thought they were going to be fine or the, you know, 25-year-old person who thought they were going to be okay and then, and then they took their last breath like that. I, 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 I hate to say that, but, like, I felt like the way that we really pushed along, like, a World War II was we showed film from it. You know, we, we force people to go into theaters and watch stuff on it to learn more about it. And I don't know if we can effectively do that here, but, but at a point, something has to be done, doesn't it? Yeah. And that's, you know, from my standpoint, um, you know, this is where I'm at in my, my status. Uh, uh, you know, science was enough to convince half the population. The other half, you know, we have to, we have to align what is needed for them to be convinced. And I see this, I, I, I still, advocate in a non-judgmental, non-stigma manner, but to persuade people, if science isn't enough, which is fine, I get that, then tell me what you need to hear. You know, uh, Tuesday night I was on with a local NAACP chapter, and once they heard me talk about children potentially being the consequence of adult irresponsibilities, oh, you should have seen how motivated they were, right? So what I'm alluding to is if you want to talk right now to persuade more people to get this done, by all means, by all means, work with the population to understand what they, what confidence do they need to get this vaccine, right? Because this is the antidote. We have it. And by far, and the other part too, this is one of the safest things we have ever created, right? I was telling, you know, here in Baltimore City, <clears throat> the odds of getting into a car accident, an automobile accident is one in 107. People are still driving. People are still driving. The chances of, of suffering a dire consequence from the vaccine like life-threatening is one in 16 million wow those are that's that's safe that's that's incredibly safe wow and and see that's that's the stuff that people are not hearing that's that's the type of information they're not hearing dr gully they are letting they are letting the the misinformation of the world they're letting the you know the the quack doctors you know interpret their feelings on this and 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 that is is just causing so much harm to us. And and I keep bringing it up because I feel like I've I've never seen anything like it in my life. And and I don't know if you have either in the medical field, but I never remember a time where we have like completely just ignored what we know to be fact. You know. Yeah. No. I I I completely understand. And you know, from my standpoint, I still believe in humans. I believe in our community. The way we get this messaging out is literally what you're allowing me to do here. I think I've told you this on the show, and I'm hoping you, you recognize this. And, you know, I think we have kind of very similar pasts, you know, so you're, hopefully your mom hears this and she's happy about this. But you're saving lives by allowing me to come on and deliver this message. Because right now we need everyone's support. If you have an audience, if you have a platform, pull these doctors in, pull these scientists in, and let them talk. Let them get the, get out, but or, and ask them questions that you know is going to resonate with your platform, with your audience, right? So by all means, man, I, I mean this from by my heart. You want to outdo the cacophony of the 
voices of doubt, then bring in the more harmonious voices of science. And I try to do that. I really do. And, and I, I still am met with the um, voices who say the other to me, and it's, and it's frustrating to hear those things. But I'm hoping that we've reached just a, you know, a handful or, or even if we've changed the opinion of 10 people, that would be, you know, fantastic from, from my standpoint here on the show. Dr. Ponagi Scully Satos, my guest here from Johns Hopkins University. Dr. Scully Satos, I'm going to give you like about a minute here. I want you to convince people just why they should get the vaccine. If they're on the fence about it right now, tell them why they should get it. So I, I'm going to answer this question in two quick ways, still under a minute. One it is by far, it is the antidote. This is it, right? If you want to, out, if you want to put out a fire, you, you get, grab some water. If you want to stop an infectious virus, you gain yourself some immunity, and that sharpens your immune system to wipe it out. Two, look at our older individuals, those grandparents, grandmothers walking around proudly wearing that smallpox vaccine, right, that scar. They're wearing it so us, this generation, would never have to deal with it. Let's step up and do the same for our kids, and for the next generation. It's in our hands. Let's wear our own scars. Dr. Ponagi Scully Satos, I always appreciate the time, my friend, and uh, I look forward to doing this again soon. And uh, my wife and I may be in Baltimore next year, so if we are, we'll we'll, we'll stop by and say hello, all right? You, you got it, my friend. You got it. I'll see you soon. Sounds good. Take it easy.